0: I'm Sinead O'Moore, and you're listening to Every Mum, the podcast. Every Mum, the podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises, and the fears, the moments that form us, and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about, which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season, as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water, and also the proud winners of three national parenting product awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, Water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us to all take those important steps towards greater confidence, while building a community of support for every mum. A year ago this week, we rebranded from EU Mum to Every Mum and i have been reminiscing about the huge achievements and milestones over the past year. So to mark this special first birthday, we decided to dedicate an episode to the huge event that is the first year of motherhood. I've gathered three women with unique experiences to share what they've each learned, loved, and loathed. The first year of motherhood is a steep learning curve. No one can quite prepare you and nobody will go through this year with your baby except for you. And I'm always so interested to hear how different women find it, what they've learned, loved, and loathed. So I thought, let's gather some of those mums here at Every Mum Easy Parenting and Easy Food, and let's chat about our first year of motherhood. Jennifer Roach, Emma Parkin, and Shiva Kaini, welcome to Every Mom, the podcast. Thank you, Shiva. Thank you. Lovely to be here. The first thing I just am always ex- interested to explore is: was the first year of motherhood how you'd expected it to be?
1: The reality was very different. And. Um, I work for a parenting magazine so I had many different ideas already floating around my head and really for me what struck me was and you don't have a clue what to be doing you know you can read a thousand articles on how to care for a newborn baby but when it comes to your own baby you learn on the job, basically, and that's something that, you know, I don't think really struck me until I came home from the hospital and I was in the bedroom with this crying newborn baby in my arms going, what is it, Colin? What is it? I don't know. Why is she
0: crying? You know? <laughs> Jennifer, your son is how old now? He's 28. Okay. So your first year of motherhood was before we had all of this kind of digital content to be able to to Google at two in the morning. So did you have
2: many expectations going into it? I had no expectations at all because it was completely unplanned. I was only 20 years old and when I discovered I was pregnant, it was I was in a state of complete panic. Both myself and my boyfriend had not planned for this at all. So, you know, telling our parents was the, the huge thing to get over first. Yeah. And then once we'd done that, I have to say we relied heavily on our parents for support, in particular after the birth. And once I got home, I still lived with my parents for the next two years. So I have to say that without my mom, I probably wouldn't have had a clue what I was doing. And but at the same time, there was this thing where, you know, it was my baby yeah. and there was like a clash between like my mom's way and my way. And a lot of the time I'd rely on my mom to know what to do. But at the same time, it was that whole, you know, wanting to do the parenting myself. So it was very, very much a game of two halves. There was the fact that, you know, because it was unexpected, I hadn't done any reading up or planning ahead or anything. I think if you're planning to have a child, you will do a lot of research beforehand and you will have kind of an idea of what you're going into. But, you have
0: signed up for it. Yes, <laughs>
2: yeah. absolutely. When you haven't signed up for this at all, it's a whole different ballgame.
0: Do you think that having, like how do you look at it now in terms of the mothers who do have all of this great resource and being able to actually even listen to things like this and feel like there is a community of people out there, having gone through it without it, do you um, think it's
2: better either way? I actually envy them. I think it's mm. it's great to see so much support now and... Um, there was none of that back then, but there might have been more community mm. before the internet. Mm. Um, there was a lot of, you know, there'd be moms' groups, or you know, you'd speak to, you'd talk to the people in the hospital more. You try and you'd go to the baby shows, you'd get as much advice as possible. Yeah, yeah. Where you, just... you, you now you can just pick up the phone, press Google, or every mom, or send in a and ask every mom query. And you'll get the help straight away. It's more instantaneous. But that it's still important to have that physical interaction too. Definitely, yes. Shiva, tell me about
0: your first year.
3: Um, I think it was probably um, a year of two halves. I found the first six months easier than I expected and the second six months harder than I expected. Um, I think there's um, a lot of perception that once you're first through those first six months, you're kind of home dry, you've survived it, you've got through the newborn days, the months, you've established feeding, you know, all those kinds of normal pitfalls, Um, and I think if you do have people around you who are offering support or companionship or um, even just being there to listen to you, being tired or struggling, I feel like that often falls off a little bit around the... Sort of six months as the baby gets people a bit presuming older,
0: you've got it. Yeah, yeah,
3: like things are easier, um and I think mean a lot of people go back to work at that stage, yeah. something I didn't do, and I can't actually fathom how you would be able to deal with that on top of everything at six months, but um, I found the first six months actually easier than I expected. I think um, I'm a realist and I wanted to be fully prepared. And I think I over-prepared myself for it to be more difficult than it actually was. Mm. Now, obviously, that there's luck involved. I think we all get a different baby. So I think I was lucky with the baby that was delivered to us. <laughs> um, and she was easygoing and very placid and... Um, I think I had a perception in my head that there was a lot more crying involved. Yeah. I thought there'd be a lot of walking around at night time, like you know, pacing the halls with a crying baby, and she just didn't cry. Like she just didn't cry at night. Like I'd be awake, she just a little snuffle. You're awake, feed her, put Mm -hmm. her back down. Um, she fed really well from the get go, and yeah, I, I guess I was really lucky. Um, and then it came as a bit of a shock when it came to kind of month six seven eight nine um I thought I started to think I wasn't cut out for a full stop I was mm. like you nearly feel like the first few months were a bit of a fluke or you were sleep deprived do I remember correctly is that what actually happened was it that easy um, and as she started to get teeth started to crawl started to walk it was just <laughs> more difficult than I expected
0: I think I had a very similar experience really yeah I think as well because of having worked in this industry I had prepared myself for all of the negative side of things as opposed to just the positive um and I had a like relatively like straightforward not going to say easy straightforward labor (laughs)
3: does anyone say easy (laughs) 33
0: hours isn't easy (laughs) but there was no trauma yeah um, I suppose um Healed really quickly, brought her home, breastfeeding established, great sleeper in the beginning. Loved it. I felt superhuman. I thought like I can do anything now. Look at her. (laughs) Look what I made. (laughs) I was absolutely fine. And like up and about like looking normal, feeling normal. And then I think, I think the adrenaline, I think it was actually around four months. And
3: there is a definitely stage.
0: The adrenaline just wore wore off. off whatever was keeping me taken over wore Mm -hmm. off we were entering into November it was darker it was wetter I wasn't getting out for the walks I wasn't seeing people the teeth the four month sleep regression and there's just a month of darkness (laughs) and um, I definitely remember by January kind of feeling like what did we do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or why is this getting so hard cuz i yeah. totally sailed through
3: those first the... 3 months yeah. i think that and some people struggle so much with were some of the easiest i found
0: and i felt really like i I'd, I'd failed and something cuz i was like no no like this was supposed to be the easy part and i seemed to be going in the opposite direction yeah. so i think it's it's important for people to realize that like go with the flow you don't know if it's good for you right now great and if it's not if it's harder as the baby gets older then that's okay too like you're just entering a new phase
3: that's the kind of wording I use when I say it's okay um because I I dislike when people say when I'm so tired my child is doing you know learning to walk and they're they say back to you you just dismiss it by saying well, you won't even know yourself when they are running around. You'll be so tired. And I just don't like that dismissive attitude towards people because yeah. we're all going through our own things at different stages. And everyone finds different stages more difficult than yeah. others. And some people I have a friend who says if she could skip the first six months, she'd have a baby in a second. Yeah. And I'm like, if I could have a six zero to six month old, that would be delightful. Yeah. Um so we so just like that, it's okay, whatever stage you feel is difficult, just that's okay, we all have our different stages, we struggle, nobody gets from zero to 18, smooth sailing, no problems, everything's great, that doesn't exist, so don't feel like you're less because you really struggle with your child teething, or it was really difficult for you to establish breastfeeding, or whatever that part that you struggle with, because I, I don't like to have new mums who are new mums or expectant mums. And um, I don't like to be giving them negative, like, oh, my God, this is going to be so difficult. But God, no one so ever. bombarded with it too. Everybody comes out with the, exactly. the bad stuff. No, it's, you want to have ultimately positive. But I don't think everyone, I never heard someone say to me that it could get harder after the six months. Yeah. Like, as in, like, this could be when you struggle more. So I do actually say that to people sometimes. I, think I say, as well it's it's a
0: time as well when you've you're depleted. Like yeah. you've stopped caring for yourself for such so. a long time that that's when the crash happens. Yeah. So you probably are being really kind to yourself through pregnancy. You can probably <laughs> Everyone's kind to you. Everyone's <laughs> kind to you. I remember that actually. Yeah. So so many people were so kind on public transport and stuff while I was pregnant. <laughs> and I felt Top of the world, full of energy, absolutely fine. Everybody offering me a chair. I was absolutely wrecked a few months into having her. Yeah. Nobody's offering you the chair then. No. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have like a, I'm a tired mother badge, not a pregnant badge.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> On the topic of phases and stages though, I think that is one theme that really in the first year, maybe the first two, but definitely the first year is so huge because I was totally unexpected for how quickly they grow and how quickly... Mm-hmm each phase transitions and I just assumed they would stay this like tiny little sleepy (sighs) angel for so long um and you know you've just caught on to how to actually mother this phase and then they go and change yeah (laughs) or you've just caught on to like this is the sleep routine we have nailed it (laughs) and then it'll change
1: yes yeah I remember someone actually telling me that in Maybe month three, exactly that about the sleep routine. Like I think I had boasted, oh, got a good night's sleep last night, and they said, "Listen, <laughs> you know, enjoy it while it lasts, because it ain't going to last forever." Um, but you're so right. Like you know, I actually threw the whole routine thing out the window because I just decided, you know what? There's the, I can get myself into some sort of routine, but I'm just going to follow the her lead yeah. because at the end of the day, you put yourself under so much pressure you know, to um, do things properly yeah. that, you know, like you can read so many books, like what's that book, Gina Ford's book? Yes. Yeah, You're meant yeah, to be yeah. up at 7am with your bowl of porridge and it just doesn't work. It didn't work for me personally. And
0: that's it. Yeah. So for some people, those routines are like Bibles because it is yes. what helps them function. Exactly. But for others, it can be too rigorous. And then they don't find the joy in the day because they're looking at the calendar or they're looking at the clock. clock. No, 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 because we have to start this part of the routine now. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right. Like do, you know, if a routine works for you, great. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, don't be bound by it. Yes, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, definitely. And also just what you're saying there about the phases and the stages. I think after six months, like obviously you're starting weaning and then you're getting all these questions on a daily basis in the supermarket queue. Oh, Is she crawling yet? Is she rolling over yet? You know, you feel like your baby is under the spotlight doing some sort of exam. A crux. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) You have to tick off all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah, But like, and I know I, I put my hand up to that. I beat myself up about that. I had, you know, Googling... You know why isn't she doing this, and why is why is why is she doing that? And it's crazy. You don't need to do that. All babies develop at their and own. Comparing,
0: and I know they like will, yes. you kind of look at another friend who has a baby within a few weeks of you, or something, and you're going, but their baby is thirteen and a half days older, and they can do this. What's yes. wrong with her?
1: Oh, I still do it. Nina's three. I still do it. You know, I, I look at similarly aged children on the bus and the train, and I think, oh, that was a very very
0: serious sentence for a three year old to say. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me yeah. it doesn't end. But I think the self-comparison as well goes into you too. Like yes. Looking around going, they had a baby at the same time as me and, and they look the same as they did before. And you're judging yourself going, I'm not oh, I, know. I don't look the yeah. same as them or, or how can they manage to come to the plain coffee morning looking glam and I feel like the last time I had a shower was several weeks ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Comparison, it's not good. No. Yeah, I think that's one thing about social media. You know, the mums, they're they are looking at Instagram all the time and they're seeing all these, you know, perfectly groomed mums and beautiful babies dressed in beautiful clothes and everything. And like they're probably sitting at the kitchen table in their pyjamas with the, the baby yes, on, their, yeah. on their lap going... Why can't I even get out of the house today? Yeah, and in that way, you know, it's it's very difficult. It sets the bar very high for moms, and I really feel sorry for the moms today that they have that now. Mm. When I was that age, when I had my first child, there was none of that. But I had to go back to work after six weeks maternity leave. Really early. I ha- the time for for maternity leave was fourteen weeks at the time. Oh, my goodness. I had four weeks I had to take four weeks beforehand and then Andrew was nearly three weeks overdue. So it ended up that I went back to work six weeks later, which was oh, a huge shock oh, to the system. My God. But we had to do it, we were saving to get married. There was no, you know, saying, No, I'm going to stay at home. You mm. know, we had I had to go and it was an 8 o'clock start in the morning down in Dublin port so it was up at 6 a.m. feed feed andrew dress him change him get him back down get myself up and out and when i look back now yeah. i think how did i actually do that like if somebody asked me to do that now i'd say <laughs> yeah. are you insane yeah needs like it, it just shows like one of the things I did learn from becoming a mum was that, you know, you're, you're stronger than you think you yeah, are. Yeah. And you'll, you'll do things like that because you have to.
3: I hope every woman who has a child comes out with that at the end of the day. I definitely for me, I agree. I was like, if I can do this, as you mm. said, Sinead, I can do anything. Mm. Yeah. And it, it it I hope that they all feel that like strength, you know, like you go, I am strong in who I am and I can do this. I can do anything. I know what's best for this child. I've grown this child. Just have confidence in yourself. And when it com- like you said, like when it comes to it, you can do it. Yes. Yeah. There's a certain level of
0: new authority I found came over yeah. me as well. You know, like I probably didn't stand up for me as much as I would stand up for her mm-hmm. or for what I think she needs.
3: It's like you don't accept, you accept. Refuse to accept less. Like, yeah, she deserves more. She deserves more. Mm. So, like, people or relationships or attitudes or anything like that, you're like, nope, my baby deserves better than this in her life. Or, I found my time, I was less willing to um, invest my time into people who I didn't feel were worth investing in because my time could much better be spent with my daughter. And I think that goes into all aspects of your life. It's probably people.
0: It's even just thoughts and, mm-hmm. you know, time thinking about stuff that just isn't on the priority list anymore. Um, working in something that isn't supporting you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so you kind of, it's a real evaluation time. And as you said, Jennifer, you had to go back to work. So that yeah. just became a, right, whatever needs to happen for, to facilitate that, that just has to happen. And then for others, it's like this job isn't fulfilling or isn't supporting me in what I need to do. So I have to find something else, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think it's a real marker of, right, I'm going to figure a lot of women will start a business or a lot of women will change jobs or a lot of women will go on a different path mm-hmm. so where beforehand you're kind of like just getting through it and it's only me yeah you're oh, coasting yeah. you're just looking after <laughs> you and then it's like no no I need to think about what is best with my overall family for the next 40 years yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <for> that's, sure. <laughs>
2: that's true at the age of 20 you know I was very accepting you know you have to do what you what you have to do yeah. But the second time around, I was in my 30s and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that again. I'm taking a year off to spend with my child and that's oh, yeah. it. End yeah. off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you just you were like, no, this is what I need. This is what I'm doing. And you were firm about it. And you, you know, at that point, had you planned your second? So you had more time to maybe set up and establish some finances
2: and savings. And yes. Sort of be able yes. To do we that. were in a much better place yeah. then. We had our own home. We had our... First child nearly rared, he was heading off to secondary school, so it was, here right. we go with another one. Um, we'd been trying for several years, All in fact, time. so it actually happened later, but it was very much um, wanted and yeah. loved. So it was, you know, the icing on the cake, we'd always wanted a second child. Beautiful. So the second time around, I said, right, I'm going to do it my way this time. And... It was lovely.
0: Good for you. I love That's that great. empowerment. I love that kind of feeling of right. No, no, I've I've earned this now. Yes, you know, so I have a lot time. of,
2: I have a lot of regrets on how the first, um, my first year as a mom mm-hmm. went. Um, I was very young. I was very timid. I wasn't good at fighting my corner. So, you know, I just let people kind of lead me at that point. But mm-hmm. once the second one came around, I was ready to kind of say, right, I'm doing it this way. Mm -hmm.
0: Another thing, though, that I think comes up a lot in the first year of motherhood is because, as we said, your children become the utmost responsibility and priority and Mm. their needs trump everyone else's, that yours falls very far down the list. Um, And I think that it's absolutely necessary in the beginning while you're learning all about baby and they need so much care and attention. But at some point you emerge... And I think, go. Oh, I matter too. I need to look after me now, because you can't sustain that level of devotion. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It actually took until Nina's first birthday, and I remember I had been invited to a fortieth birthday party. I hadn't gone out yet for a night, like even just spend two hours, and I was full of nerves. But I did it, and I felt for me, I just like, oh, I, you know by myself and I was still breastfeeding Nina at the time and you know I felt that oh god what if she needs me you know but you have to get over that hump and once you do it you feel oh wow you know what else have I been missing out on yeah
0: yeah you, you remember a part of yourself that you'd given up yeah and I think it's important to have those milestone things in the diary because unless you're pushed you know it's really uncomfortable but unless you're pushed to say no I'm going to go to this thing. I am going to have some alone time. I'm going to go out with my husband. I'm going to do something. You don't do it, and then I think as the the longer the months go past, it mm-hmm. builds up more in your head and becomes a thing harder and a thing. Yeah. And actually, I remember the first time coming back and being told, "No, she's absolutely fine." I'm like, "What was I worrying about?" Like, of course she's going to be fine. But it's a whole new worry game. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, yeah. It really is. I joined a book club, and it's it's called the Mum's Book Club. And even if you don't read the book, it's just gathering together with a group of, of women once a month just to Lovely. sit and chat. Nice. And it's you time, you know. Um, so I think stuff like that, just arranging to meet your friends when you can. for Like even going
0: for a coffee, having a shower. Having a shower it's a is the greatest moment. form of new mother self-care. <laughs> totally is. The greatest form. Having and somebody come to your house and hold your baby while you have a shower. Like they're my number greatest. one people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And like makeup I remember, I think back now before I had a child, like, you know, that half an hour in the morning just
0: leisurely yeah. applying
1: your mascara. La, la, la. <laughs> and strolling now strolling
0: boots, looking at the new collections and
1: Oh yes. <laughs> swatching things on your hand. Living the dream. <laughs> and now it's like, my God, I'm lucky to put Foundation on, you know, it's like hurriedly put on in the dart or the bus or oh, yeah. however I'm getting well, how to work. How do you
0: feel when you do do it?
1: Oh, I feel like me. I feel fantastic. Yeah. I need it. I love to put on that bit of red lippy because it just makes me feel like work me, you know. But I think we need to start
0: yeah. like, like putting things in the diary that are just making you feel like you because yeah. months can go by and you're like, I haven't done anything that does that. And I think something as simple as taking an hour and having that long shower, putting your makeup on, looking at yourself
2: going, you look great. Yeah, yeah. Just make make a date with yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be about makeup even or or your hair. It could be like flicking through a magazine, going to the park, having getting a wander. Exercise. Yeah, yes. Yeah.
2: Just getting out for a walk. I
0: th- right. I, and especially when you're tired.
2: Because the, yeah. the
0: the impulse is to actually just sit there. But I think doing something that reminds yeah. you of you Yes. Gets you through the rest of the day. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Did your relationships change in the first year?
2: Yes. Um, I think it very definitely put a strain on myself and Brian's relationship. Um, he was going to Kevin Street at the time to, so he could get a qualification and get a better job so he could prov- provide for us. But it also meant that we saw less of each other. And that very definitely put a strain on things. Um, I think maybe it caused a strain in, in other family relationships. I know that my brother felt a little bit pushed out because there was suddenly this baby in the house and he'd been the youngest mm. child up till then. And there was a bit of resentment there. Mm. So, you know, it did change the whole dynamic of the, the family as well. That was difficult for him yeah. as well. You know, he was trying to pack in a job and college and seeing seeing his son and his girlfriend mm. as well so you know at times there was big bust-ups well, learning how to father like but not living in yes the, he, did, he, did he did often was... worry about you know whether he would bond with Andrew mm. properly
3: that sounds, says a lot about him as a person that he'd even worry about that at only 20 yeah yeah, amazing. yeah he
2: he that's I have amazing. to say fair play to Brian he completely bought into it like as soon as I told him I was pregnant oh. you know there was right what do we do
1: we all know in this room that it's only natural that a hundred percent of your focus and your energy goes on that baby like mm. your man is over the other side of the bed snoring away while you're sitting there mm. <laughs> You know, when they wake up in the morning
0: and go, God, that was a great night. They slept all the way through and you're like six times, six times we are
1: up. So I would say like for any new mums that are listening or pregnant mums, it's totally natural to go through a period of, you know, not so not so pleasant times in your relationship in the early days with a baby maybe you won't you want, maybe Emma, you will
0: you, you want to kill them like, yeah, <laughs> yeah basically well, we all do you just want to kill them.
1: yeah because like don't forget your hormones are all over the place and like especially it doesn't matter whether you're how you're feeding your baby but um it's one of those
0: situations where you just want to hold your baby it's difficult as well as you said for the dads to find their role in it all
3: i think it'd be very difficult I think and I feel like you were about to touch on it and then didn't Mm. I think it can be um obviously I have no experience of having a child and bottle feeding it so I don't know what the dynamics of that Mm. are but I felt in my own experience when you're nursing your baby it can be it can be extra hard for the dad to find their place um in how they kind of fit in yes exactly for a baby Mm. who's very attached to their mother yeah like all babies are but some are Extra, extra. extra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom is the only one, mm-hmm. and, and they can feel quite rejected yeah, by that. It can be very difficult for them, um and I think sometimes there is not space for them to be struggling at all. Mm. For in other people's views or yours or whatever, it's just kind of they have to stay strong. They have to be keeping things together, and um, they have to be on top of everything and it can be difficult as well for Mm. them a lot of pressure a lot of pressure I think yeah and and they don't have the same openness or willingness to talk about things I think that can hold them back a lot and I think with that first year in the same way you were saying about that pressure for date night but I think for the same for the pressure for Mm self-care I think for that first year like it's almost like let it go like What, yes, like I think that almost Mm -hmm. adds to new moms in that first year where they feel like they should be getting their relationship back on track or keeping it alive or keeping it going. They should be having time to go for a jog or go for a massage or Mm -hmm. go to yoga. I kind of think just if that works for you, that is brilliant. But I think me and I didn't really work for me. I think just let it all go for those first. Don't put yourself yeah. under out of pressure that you have to have your own self-care routine going. And you mm-hmm. have to also have your relationship going really well. <laughs> like if you're lucky enough to have a good relationship and you've been together a few years beforehand, hopefully you have um, a foundation built already with that person. There's friendship there. There's an understanding of each other that doesn't need to be put forward put ahead of your newborn baby mm-hmm. or your young infant child like it can it can take a back seat for I a agree while. it really yeah, can yeah it's not going to be detrimental if you haven't gotten a date night in the first 10 months of your relationship or first 10 months of motherhood that's okay your relationship will come back around it really will like I don't think your relationship is based on the,
0: the the date
3: nights it's it's more
0: you know well i found that our relationship actually got stronger because of the absence of that stuff wow that's interesting because it was more like our life before would have been definitely more exciting if you want you know with different travel plans or what are we doing or where are we going or who are we seeing or what's happening this weekend and actually the absence of all of that meant that our relationship got stronger because well, we became just this little little unit, unit.
3: Oh, family and did you little
1: find family, you, yeah. you found joy in the simple
0: absolutely which, like
1: going for a walk together or just we even having very a...
0: rarely like we would we definitely hibernated as a little threesome yeah you know and um, and I found we definitely fell in love more with each other because of who we now were as parents mm-hmm. That's not to say we didn't, like, I absolutely wanted to kill him.
3: That's a given, not we? Sh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, your, your, your frustration levels are higher. But I think our relationship changed from the point of view of, up until that point, we were choosing each other. Yeah. But after we had a child, we now needed each other. Yeah. And I thought that for definitely for me because I probably would have always tried to maintain a bit more independence and a bit Mm -hmm. more like not always giving yourself fully to things and self-preservation on that and actually after having a child it was like oh my god this can never end (laughs) (laughs) we are in this sign the contract (laughs) (laughs) was much deeper I think from the absence and like our date nights could be just making a bit of a special effort at home to yeah. not just turn on Netflix until one yeah. of us falls asleep, <laughs> which is six nights a week. But, um, <laughs> you know, just try and well, you know sit in the garden and have a cup of tea and yeah. talk. I think you need to build in time to talk about things that aren't poo schedule
2: related. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found the part.
3: similar with my um, in-laws, mm-hmm. as in before that... I was like, even though we've been together a long time, I was like, my, these if we were to break up, these are people I would never see again. They're lovely people and enjoy their company and they're good people to know. But essentially, you probably wouldn't continue a relationship with your ex's in-laws. But once I had my daughter, I was like, no matter what happens between me and my partner, these will always be my, gran- my daughter's grandparents and her aunties forever. And that made, I don't know... It was more special to me, those people that I was like, these people with any luck are going to be in my life, yeah. my daughter's life for the rest of her life. And it it made that those relationships more important and deeper to me. The less important relationships then fall to the side. Yes. The people who are really important to you and um, you make that effort because you don't have time in your life then to invest in people who aren't worth it
0: and that's another massive theme that we see so often with, from our community and it does tie in with the kind of statistics on loneliness um, and feeling kind of the loss of self-identity is when the friend group tends to disappear yeah in that first year um, there's a lot of support when you first bring baby home and you're like flooded with gifts but actually, it's the people that you need around you rallying at 3 a.m. And sometimes, you know, when you can't make the party or when you can't make the the lifestyle things that you used to do before you were a mother, often those that you assumed were like lifetime friends, you realize now we're just kind of social friends. Yeah,
3: very much so. And I think the ultimate self-care for me in that first year of motherhood was the Female relationships in my life, especially with other mothers going through at the same time, were the most important thing to my mental health and just enjoyment of it in that first year. Their support was unparalleled to anything else. And any new mom now or expectant mum, I just like encourage them so much, find that group of people, find those mums, people who are going through the same stages I as you, because even two years later you have a friend who has a newborn, you so quickly forget. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just so amazing to be able to share what you're going through with other people. There's just, in every walk of life, but I think in particularly in motherhood in that first year, to be able to say, I know exactly what you mean, we're going through that exact thing. It just, it just eases your worries. You're not alone. You have support. There are people around you going through the same thing. Someone understands. And I think that is something that perhaps a partner can even offer at times that only another woman going through that can offer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think
0: it's, I think... Were these new friends or were they existing friends? It's a
3: combination, Mm -hmm. but I have to say some new friends I made during my pregnancy who are also pregnant at the same time were like friendships that I hope I'll have for the rest of my life. Really amazing people who... And I will never forget the support that some of them in particular offered me in that first year. I'd be absolutely, I'd just be lost. I don't think I'd have made it out <laughs> as mm. together as I did without them.
0: I think I waited too long. to. I think I, re, not resisted, but I didn't, I didn't make enough of an effort in the first year, or in the first six months actually, to connect with and make those new groups of friends and in the second six months and definitely the second year I've done so massively I've I've I know so many more women in the last 18 months and it is game changer
3: that's exactly the word for it game changer it's just wow I couldn't be without this Yeah. yeah it just absolutely
0: picks you up and I think you're so right even to do with like nap schedules. If your friend, is, his child is a little older or younger and they're on a different nap schedule, you cannot arrange to meet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yes, good point. You know, so it's, it's even those practical things of finding people who are in the really same zone as it's, you are.
3: In the trenches together, there's nothing yeah. like a, the support of each other. Women helping women is just... It's amazing.
2: It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing.
0: Yeah. And Jennifer, amazing. that was something that you really you know you saw that insight and you really understood that and so you've been on a mission to extend out Facebook groups so that women can connect on every month so you're not just we had the birth clubs so therefore you're meeting pregnant women at each month which is fantastic and ties in exactly what Shiva was saying about finding women who are in that same trench as you depending on what month your baby is due but I think that it's important for women to also have that support and connection as their baby grows older and depending on the type of child or the type of need or the type of situation that you find yourself in. And so tell us about, I suppose, why those groups were set up.
2: Okay, so um, I've set up every mum groups because I kind of felt that they were outgrowing the birth clubs. So I said, well, you know, why don't we provide the next step? So we set up the toddlers group, preschoolers special needs, mums of multiples and for school days to cater for mums changing needs. So as their child ages into these phases, those groups are there for them to support each other, because you don't you don't as the child gets older, you don't really need the babies that are born in that month, you know, it becomes a broader spectrum. So if you're going through like the, the potty training or the weaning or the the toddler tantrums, you can talk to mums that have been through that and are still going through that. And I can see already from the uptake of the toddler group that it's going to be very popular. And I just think it's great to have that there for moms to support each other.
0: I think as well from the, doing the podcast with Ali on multiples, you mm. know, I think it's fantastic to, to get she spoke really, you know, credibly about the support that she has received from other moms of multiples in Ireland that have reached out to her through through social or that she has contacted them. And that has been her lifesaver so to be able to now create a group whereby mums of multiples can all chat within everyone was brilliant and I think also on the special needs again having um having met and spoken with Sharon from our wheelie big journey yeah again like you know you need people like nobody understands what she's going through as much as another mum of a special needs and even at that nobody will ever fully understand but it's so important that they have a place to meet and talk and chat and connect. Yeah,
2: that's right. When you get like a diagnosis of something or you're told that your child is autistic or is dyspraxic or any other thing that, that comes their way, it really does knock you for a loop. And you find yourself saying, where do I go? Who do I talk to? And I think the best people to talk to are other moms that are in that same situation. And they can offer support. They can tell, you know, who to talk to, what the organisations are, how to deal with the HSE, how to get assessments, Mm. you know, and it's that pooling of knowledge and resources that that I think is such a great help as well.
0: Well done. I want to finish on a good note. I want to know what is the greatest joy you've learned or had or experienced in that first year?
2: I think it's discovering that powerful love inside you that you have for that small child it's like Mm -hmm. nothing you've ever experienced before I just remember the the first sight of my son wrapped in a little blue blanket and I could just see these two eyes peering out at me and it was just you just felt this a wave of love and that was just amazing
3: I think I was in awe of growing that human for nine months but in some ways, I was almost more in awe of awe of feeding that child myself from zero to six months. That they dub- she doubled in size on just milk that my body had just basically of its own accord produced. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind. And one of my favorite things. And I am someone who always loved sleep. I would get very irrationally angry when someone woke me during the night. And um, so everyone I knew was like, Oh, good luck, Shiva. <laughs> it's going to be tough. And actually, in the end, night feeds was not something that I struggled with. Like, obviously, everyone, like, we all have our bad days and nights. But they were some of my favorite, favorite, favorite times in that first year when it was just me and her, and it was so quiet and. It was just something really special about it, that connection and that bond that she needed nothing in the world except me. And sometimes we so quiet you could actually hear the milk going through her into her tummy. Oh, and oh. then her being so content. And it was just that was amazing. I I loved nursing her and I thought it was amazing. Obviously it can be a real struggle for some people and I can't imagine how difficult that is, but it was really magical. So sometimes just those night feeds in those first few months were just amazing, which really yeah. surprised me. Like that took yeah. me by surprise. So the magic trumped sleep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Be... I mean, I was just like that first little sound from her and I'd just be on, just yeah. like switched on. Like, what do you need? You need me. I'm here. Mom is here. Yeah. Up. And that took me so by surprise. I was like wow Mm. my goodness like this whole side of me I never knew yeah was Mm. amazing and then the this um I'm not somebody who had many close female relationships before I had a child it wasn't something that was in my life it wasn't something that was felt so important to me and I grew up with just my dad and my brothers and so that strong like female relationship connection was not something that I had so much experience in. So that took me by surprise as well. Finding those other women mm-hmm. who are going through the same things and just support. And that was amazing to form those relationships in that way was also really new and interesting mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something, yeah, it's something yeah, it's something that continues mm-hmm. to surprise me. The um connection between women over this thing that you can't understand until you've been through it and it's kind of like you join a new club like of all women and like that can be your auntie your mother-in-law your friend you know anyone you're like you've crossed over a line it's different it's new it's amazing yeah it's a club yeah it's it been it's it's best. amazing
2: to see the uh friendships being forged it's lovely. in a lot of the birth clubs It's and amazing. Groups. um the moms are so they're so there for each other and yeah. um, call
0: it tinder for mums the other day
2: yes <laughs> and I read something I read a post there this morning um this was an American moms club, but one of the babies uh developed liver problems and needed a liver transplant. And a hundred of the moms in the group signed up to be screened and one of the moms was a match match. and she flew from Boston to wherever it was to donate the liver. She was a single mom with two of her own kids and she left and flew to the other side of America to donate this liver for
0: this baby. Amazing that's the lengths you'll go to though you do you just you you desperately understand the pain that she must be going through so you just you do anything to help
2: mm. yeah yeah it was just amazing there's no question about it they just write what do we need to do it's just amazing
0: Emma greatest joy
1: I think like Jen the overwhelming love that you feel for your child it's, nothing can beat it and the fact that Every day when it gets close to half five or home time, I begin to get excited because I know I'm going to see her soon. That's lovely. (laughs) Or even like, for example, this morning, like every morning we have a big long cuddle or a big long hug and I try not to let go. I try to wait for her, but just the feel of her little arms around your neck, like nothing can match it. Sometimes I think, could this just go on forever? It's
2: the best.
1: Um, Yeah, it's the best really.
0: I think we'll all agree that the first year of motherhood has enormous amounts of ups and downs and really women need incredible support around them to make it as magical as possible. Um, it can be filled with love, absolutely the most love that you've ever felt in your entire life and things that you used to find important slip away. Um, and it's just really, it's it's so brilliant to know that in that first year, actually everybody is going through it. So if you're in a position right now where you do feel like it's hard or you're in a phase that's tricky, know that there are women out there who you can talk to who will totally get it and the phase will end. So focus on the love, focus on getting the support, focus on reaching out and connecting and uh, retaining some little bits of happiness for you too because you deserve it. You're doing a great job. Shiva, Jennifer and Emma, thank you so much for sharing what you've learned in the first year of motherhood.
3: Thanks for having (laughs) me.
0: Thanks for listening to Every Mum the podcast. Join Every Mum today to receive your free gift bag and be part of a growing community with the support and information that we all need. And get in touch with us by connecting on Instagram or Facebook with hashtag #EveryMumThePodcast. the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. This series is kindly supported by Water Wipes. Water wipes are an essential for every mum from that first nappy change and during those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum, the podcast.